Aren't you a brave soul to return? Where are my matters? Please sit while I... <sighs> Don't mind the shrieks. Apparently, my children just love to play with their food. But back to why you're here. Mike and Bobby have quite the tale to revisit this evening. And they've brought a friend. And with the name Brother Ghoulish, I can only assume that he would be more than happy to engage in our after-funeral party slash resurrection. Anywho, this tale tonight is full of horror, heartache, and makes you question your humanity on every level. What would you do if your back were against the wall? Only one way to find out. <laughs> Welcome back to the People Under the Scares podcast, Horror Heads. I'm Bobby, and... This is your favorite fangbanger, Mike. Damn. Um, and in today's episode, we're talking about a film that is original, thought-provoking, and that also brought a little mist to my eyes, at least. Um, we're talking about the beautiful yet terrifying film, um, Netflix original film, I should say, His House, directed by Remy Week. Yeah, Remy Weeks, right? Is it Remy Week? Yeah, sorry. Um, but before we get into it, yeah, <laughs> we have a special guest friend that is here to chop it up with us. Special guest, reveal yourself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, kind sir. Um, I'm so happy to, that you're here to talk about this movie with us. You know, obviously, we, we're, we plan on having you here. A lot more times, you know, to talk par and stuff like that. But I feel like since you haven't seen his, well, since we've been putting his house on you so many times, we kept trying to force you to watch this damn movie. This was my excuse to bring you on the podcast. So I said, you know what? He has no choice but to watch this shit because he's going to be on the show. Even though you already said you've seen it by the time I asked you, which is amazing. Um, so I'm happy that you're talking about this movie with us this week. Yeah, me too. Like it's in there was an active campaign to get me to finally sit down and watch his house. And when I did, I was like, oh, I see. Yeah, they they put a lot of uh, heavy stuff into an hour, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, definitely. <sighs> I mean, we'll talk about our first impressions in a minute, but I will say that, yeah, um, I it's weird because these not this is not the type of movie that I can keep rewatching over and over again because it is kind of deep. But at the same time, when I do see this film and watch it, I always pick up on something new. Um, it just amazed and how beautiful the storytelling is, and also the cinematography. The cinematography is great. Um, but we'll get more into that um, in a bit as well. But um, Ryan, before we talk about the movie, do you have anything coming up? Upcoming project? Fun stuff? 
Yeah, so I am currently working on season three of my podcast, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb. And for everyone listening, if you haven't heard of it before, I pretty much do horror analyses and share horror short stories on there. And I'm also working on coming back to Brother Ghoulish's Dragula Breakdown, where I talk about the Boulay Brothers Dragula with my partner Emilio. And I have it's, it's so much stuff going on. Like, that's why I like I've been uh, so busy lately. And if you go to www.brothergoulish.com, you can see all the tea because I'm going to keep it on there. <laughs> um, Don't forget about Blurdy Masker. Hello. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. And it's literally like three friends coming together, kind of like right now, to talk about <laughs> blurred culture. And our next episode is on the way. Our first one was about horror comedies. So we talked about like scary movie, Tales from the Hood, which is technically a horror comedy and like a few others. Yeah, I love that episode. You guys, first of all, um, I just love you guys all together you Sheree and Zero you guys your guys chemistry is just amazing and you guys bring something fresh yes which I love too so y'all voices separately is already something so the three when you mentioned the three of y'all were going to be together I immediately in my head was like oh bring this shit out now <laughs> yeah thank y'all I was I was like looking forward to it too because like they're two of like my favorite horror content creators I'm like y'all want to do something with me all right let's do this <laughs> And I apologize in advance. <laughs> yes, and shout out to y'all dragging Zero into the podcast world because Zero um, been doing other things. She's been doing amazing things, actually. And I just love that Zero's all about, you know, uh, supporting other horror content creators, black horror content creators at that. Mm-hmm. Um, all about representation. And now that you guys have her in the podcast world, more people can, you know, enjoy her input on things so thank you guys yeah, for bringing she's her amazing. on amazing yeah and then Sheree the Slayer yes, I mean yes. <laughs> I love that name for her yeah <laughs> oh man oh man um okay 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 so before also we get into me we got into the movie we got a few more things to talk about so what has everybody been black let's start with you uh Michael well um Aside from this movie, I had to rewatch. Um, well, we did all watch Hatchet 2 today. So yes. that was a good experience. Yeah. Always a good time. Always laughing. If y'all haven't seen the Hatchet series, I definitely suggest you check it out. I believe they're on Tubi. And um, what else? I started watching Worst Roommate Ever on Netflix. And the first episode, I only saw a few minutes, but it looks like Sophia Petrillo from Golden Girls is a killer and even though it's not her she just looks like her but it's <laughs> i thought it was her but it's actually really interesting and it, make, it dabbles into that whole idea of how i'm terrified of humans and you don't really know what people are capable of and what they're doing behind the scenes yeah true, true, true. that seems interesting um where can i find that again where you say you found it on netflix netflix yeah, yeah, when you said Sophia, I was like, when did this movie come out? <laughs> I was about to be scared, very concerned. I thought they were doing that thing where they were like putting a hologram of somebody in a movie. I'm like, disrespectful. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's a do- I think it's a documentary, but it looks just like her. I was. They could be related. 
even though Sophia Patrol is not a real person. But you get what they I'm might saying. be some Ken. They mm. might be some Ken. Mm. Mm. You never know. You That's never all I've know. been watching though. Okay. What about you, Rye? I've been watching um the new Twilight Zone. Ooh, okay. Yes. Ooh, child, that thing is so mm-hmm. good. The reviews are so bad though. Like because Haters. like I was like looking up yeah, that's what I'm chalking it up to. Like, cause I was looking up the reviews before I like took the dive, and I'm like, wait, th- all these people are on on something serious mm-hmm. that I wouldn't mind sampling. <laughs> Let me stop now. <laughs> but because like it was it was giving me everything that I needed, and then some. What episodes yeah. have you watched uh, so far, or that you would recommend for people to watch? I-, I watched the first eight episodes of season one, so I still have like two more episodes for season one, but. I would highly recommend, um, I don't know the name of it, but the one where the kid becomes the president. Yes. I highly recommend that That's one. one. Um, I'd also recommend uh, the space one. That one is so like. I have to rewatch that one. I don't remember. It's the one where the, the ship leader is a woman of color and they're going to Mars. And the dude starts tripping out because he's like, none of this is real. It's all a simulation six degrees from freedom. And I'm like, he's a Pisces. I feel him. <laughs> I love I that. feeling like shit ain't real, man. Like, maybe like once every couple of days. The new Twilight Zone, I enjoy it. I, I, well, I'm, well, well, what are the people saying? Because you know they don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre either. And I'm going to say it again. But, um, I mean, I didn't like read the specifics, but I was looking more at like the numbers mm. and it had like a five point something out of 10 on IMDb, I believe. I'm actually about to check real quick. And then it had like really bad scores on just everywhere I look like people are like, oh, it's not so bad. I wonder if it's people who are fans of the original Twilight Zone and they're not fans of this modern version, maybe. Ooh, that was me. Because like the original one is given a 9.1 out of 10 on IMDb, but this new one, they bumped it down to 5.8 mm. out of 10. And I'm like, 5 point. Mm, okay. and, there, and there is an episode, I don't want to hear y'all call it woke either. Okay, it is a necessary <laughs> episode, and I'm sick of y'all. Actually, off the top of my head, I can think of two from that season are really good, and it's going to get people upset because it's going to mm-hmm. ruffle some feathers based on the topics, but... Cause like you said, like people be trying to use woke like as a as a slur now. They're yeah. like, oh, that's a woke car. And I'm like, well, anytime you need to they the see it, anytime they see a black person, the, a black person, the episode <laughs> probably don't have anything to do with being woke or anything racial or whatever. They just see a black person. Oh, this is mm-hmm. coming too woke. I remember seeing a for the new Jurassic um, World movie mm-hmm. with uh, what's her name that was in. She's got. I forgot her name. The, uh, She's got to have it, yeah. I love her. She's gorgeous, and I love her eyes. Anyway, there was a picture of her, a still picture for the new Jurassic World, and then somebody commented, oh, this is going to be a new woke Jurassic World. I said racist, because just because you see a black person here, now you're going to think it's woke? Like, she's just here to fight fucking dinosaurs. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> just... That's funny. So the dinosaurs being there isn't insane, but a black woman being, oh, black yeah. woman being included is, is woke. I can't. I see you. You know... Uh, I didn't. I blocked them. Also, there's an episode called Not All Men, and um, that's also a really good episode. Mm. Yeah. That one was nuts. If you like horror, I would check that episode out. Okay. Yeah. 
I would have been um, mildly turned on by the way the men were acting in that. So <laughs> I, I don't know how it would have ended for me. Especially that bar scene. Vapors. Oh. You are in a Beast. right podcast, Frank. <laughs> I'm just saying, child. Because my uh, ego would have told me they was all fighting to get to me, okay? And by the time they got to me, they would have tore me apart. (laughs) (laughs) And not even in the way I want. (laughs) I'd have been like a pile of mess by the the jukebox. Wasn't there a jukebox over there? I feel like there was. I got to go back and rewatch, honestly. It's been a minute. I watched it when they first came out. Back when I was on the free app and I wasn't, you know, paying for a payment. Oh. But, um... You better wow. stop saying that on here before the FBI pull up on your ass. Wait, yeah. were you legally watching it through that means no, that you're I talking was about? Not. And y'all oh, got okay, the biggest we'll fish to fry uh, instead of coming after me <laughs> for watching a free TV show. You just exposing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I'm like, what? Whatever. Yeah, for everyone listening, we could <laughs> we could see each other on camera. He's literally exposing himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one was going to get to you under 30 minutes, but okay. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching, Bobby? Uh, oh yeah, we didn't ask Bobby. We got so caught up on the, the foolishness. No, I'm sorry, Bobby. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't apologize. It's totally fine. What have I been watching? Um, obviously the headshot movies. Um, we've been watching that. Um, but I just been watching just random stuff that's non horror, guys. Like I, yeah, my it's all a blur to me right now, honestly. And I had some time to think about this. Not honestly, just everything is just running in together right now. So, um, oh my gosh, my dog. Sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, they bark. Yeah, you know, when you have little ankle biters, that's all the fuck they do. Um, but yeah, I haven't been really, I've just been watching crap on Paramount Plus. Um, just because, you know what, I pay for it only because when they had the real world on there, the, well, they still do, but like the newer seasons, the homecoming ones, um, and also the challenge, like I wanted to watch all of that. So I kept it because they had some cool stuff on there. Um, but I've been watching the Friday the 13th series on Pluto. They play that every Mm -hmm. night. (laughs) Every night I go to bed watching a new Friday the 13th <laughs> Last night was um, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Oh, wait. So with the that telekine- was comedic. Telekinetic. Uh, no. Oh, which one is that? That's New Blood. New Beginning is the imposter Jason. And then you got the girl doing a robot in there in her room with the side thing. Um. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Reggie the Reckless. The true Pam and Tommy story. Mm. Um, it's Pam and Tommy, you know. Um, and that's it. That's it. I haven't been watching anything too crazy right now. So yeah. Okay. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're gonna move past that. So <laughs> let's get into tell me something scary. <laughs> This is a cool segment where we talk about something scary that happened to us this week, today, this month, or in general. Because <laughs> um, sometimes we always have crazy, scary, spooky things that happen to us, rather that is in our real personal lives, um, in our dreams, work-related, all different types of shit. Um, but Michael, I'm going to start with you again. Okay. Because <laughs> you're drinking. 
you're drinking and I feel like you want to give us something juicy because you're a little, you know. I don't know about juicy. So I wouldn't even really call it a story. So I remember being a kid and my granny, rest in peace. So our next door neighbor was like really close to us. And we her name was Miss Barbara. And, it, and the husband's name was, I think, Mr. Big Ray, I think they called him. It sound really like color purplish when I think about the names we were calling them. But she would tell us or me specifically, that they would turn into werewolves at night. She said she saw them through the window turn. It kind of sounds crazy, but I'm not used to adults telling me shit like this, so perhaps it's true. And then she was saying that people turn based on something that they drink. It was some kind of tea that she was telling me not to drink because they could turn into it. So from that point on, I was giving them the side. I didn't go back in their pool. I didn't go back in their yard. None of that. So, and you know, she's from the South. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes people say your family is touched in some way. And who am I to deny that? Because I may not have the gift. So I believed her and I, I, I treaded lightly. And that's my story. <laughs> um, that is actually interesting. And, um, can you tell me where they get that drink? I don't remember what. Oh, you know I what? what it, yeah, you know what? But they were—I don't think it was an immortality kind of thing because they were older. But um, I'll try to look it up. I don't know. Maybe it's Lipton's, and they turn everybody into uh, werewolves. I don't know. The horror movies make transitioning look too painful. Chad. It does look painful. like it. If I'm gonna do it. Maybe I'll take like some codeine first, or like some some oxycodone or something. So then I don't feel the pain, and then like wait, but then when I'm a werewolf, I'll be under the influence, and that's yeah. probably dangerous to the people it around me. It needs to be like a seamless, cute Digimon kind of transformation into something else. Yeah, Ooh, or Sailor Moon. Yes, yes. the gayest <laughs> transformation ever created. You see a silhouette. Yes, spinning around, and the gloves come on. Yeah, I would Moon Prism Power. There you Ooh, go. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then like cooing the whole time. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then your transformation is this grizzly monster. <laughs> yeah, people would be, but but the grizzly monster is still dressed like Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> like the, 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 the little, little skirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm here for it. I would do that if it's, as long as it's not painful. I don't mind a little bit of pain as long as there's some pleasure involved in it as well. Oh, amen. You look now. You speak of my gospel, okay? Because sometimes you know, you know something so painful. You know what? Let me shut up because this is going. I was go about on. to say now. Hold up now. Let <laughs> <laughs> me talk about Bobby. Wait a <laughs> um, sometimes things start uh, out painful yes and then they get better mm-hmm. as you go along mm-hmm. exactly yes that's that's it's exactly a metaphor for life mm-hmm. yeah there you go that's exactly what i was about to say bam mm-hmm. yep there you go <laughs> i can't um all right so i'll go next so something scary that happened to me i told the story a bunch of times um but this is the quickest thing i could think of and this story is kind of long but all i'm going to say is when me and my sister was younger, um, I think I told you guys both the story about her little talking beer, Bubba, her sleep time country beer, Bubba, where he became, <laughs> where he would start talking in the middle of the night. 
and come to find out he had no batteries in them and my mom wouldn't believe me uh, and i ended up putting them in her toy chest she had two toy chests she had a mini one and she had a, a, a larger one but her mini one had a lock on it right so i put him in a mini one and then put him in a bigger toy chest so therefore like as a kid i'm thinking you try to get out <laughs> he, he's gonna have a hard time trying to get out um so one night I used to uh, like I used to suffer from a lot of sleep tears on uh, night tears I should say and I what I used to do is go downstairs and put on like Cartoon Network something like that just to keep me you know keep my mind from thinking about all the crazy shit I was dreaming about and I was watching something and I heard a noise outside it was a basketball just bouncing just randomly three four o'clock in the morning outside my door I looked through the blinds nothing there so I go lay back down because I thought maybe something is wrong with me and i hear it again outside the door why is there a basketball being you know bouncing outside my house i look again nobody there so i'm like all right i'm tripping on my way back to the couch in the corner i see these two legs sticking out like little uh what is it like a little a plus toy you know just sticking out red so i look in the corner and there's talking bubba sitting in the corner i don't know how he got out I would have been a runaway child. <laughs> I don't know how he got out. I don't know who put him there. My sister wasn't there for a good three days. She used to stay the night at her father's house a lot. So it couldn't have been her. It was just me and my mom in his house. So unless my mom was doing some foul shit and try to spook <laughs> me out, to this day she won't admit it. But I literally felt like there was something happening within that time because not just outside, because not just with the basketball. But with this bear talking to it's just that whole house. It had like a weird uh, I don't even know what you want to say, like a presence in it. And I never really liked that house. Like it was a cute house, but I always felt mm -hmm. something was wrong with it. Um, long story short, because I know this is getting a little bit longer, but I recently found out that when, when my mom was pregnant with me, um my grandma used to hang out with her friends, and her one of her friends was um she used to practice black magic. Her and my grandmother had a falling out. She tried to put a curse on my grandmother. Apparently, it didn't hit my grandmother. It hit my mom. My mom was, after my mom gave birth to me, my mom was sick in the hospital for days. They didn't know what it was. They checked for everything. They thought she was going to die. They brought my great grandmother in. My great grandmother is very religious. She didn't speak any, um, she didn't speak English, spoke straight Spanish. So she was super religious. She, I think she was Pentecostal. So she was strict on like what she believed yeah. in. So she did all types of chants, blah, blah, blah. Um, my mom just all of a sudden got better. They still didn't know what it was. To this day, my mom didn't know what it was. My grandmother didn't know what it was. My grandmother thought like, well, maybe that's what happened. Like her, what her friend did, he put it onto my mom. So now we think that the spirit, not spirit, but whatever is what was wrong with my mom is surrounding me, my sister and my, my mother, all three of us. So I'm, I don't know how all those things are connected, but I, that's the only thing I can do. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of as far as like this beer, shit, random shit happening outside our house <laughs> and the stuff that happened with my mom. There's more to the story, but I got to keep it short. So that's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the crazy part was like, I literally just found out, not literally, but I found out a couple years ago, like it was Easter or some holiday. I was at my grandmother's house and we were just having a conversation and my grandma told us the story so me and my sister looked at both my mom and grandmother was like why y'all 
didn't Ben tell us this? Like, why are we just finding this out? And it was just like, they didn't think nothing of it because nothing hasn't been happening, but that's what they thought what was going on. So I'm sticking to some black magic, crazy voodoo shit. <laughs> that's so scary, but it's it actually is. intriguing mm-hmm. at the same time. Maybe yeah. it's the horror side of me, but I'm like, if you ever did like, if y'all ever did like a longer episode where you talk about like your scariest stories, that would be actually really interesting. I would like to hear the full version of that. It sounds scary. That's what I have. That was good. Oof. Yeah. You had me in no damn batteries and damn doll, and it just kept getting worse. <laughs> no, the it was some true Chucky shit, and I tell people this story, and they like. You know, that's like inspired by Chucky. And I said, yeah, it, it, feel, it, it, it seemed that way to me, too. Because, like, why is this beer talking and there's no batteries in it? Like, I can understand if there were batteries in it and the batteries were dying. And you can tell sometimes when things have a little bit of juice, they start, they still work a little bit. But this thing didn't have any batteries in it. And to this day, me and my sister, we're both adults and we still talk about this. And it's, it's really scary. Like, we just like, how is this beer why is this basketball bouncing? It was just a whole bunch of weird shit yeah. happening within our our home. I didn't like it. I mean, look, I I don't know necessarily if I'm a believer in everything, but I definitely am open minded. And if I see basketballs bouncing where they shouldn't be, and dolls talking when they shouldn't, that's a lot. It's that you were in like Puppet Master, Child's Play, The Conjuring, all in one. Yeah, no, that's too frightening for for this one over here. <laughs> Ryan looking over here. He's getting uh, prank ideas from this damn story. I do love pranking. I do. And that's that's probably why people don't have any in my family any problem with pranking my ass. <laughs> um, Ryan, what about you? Um, when I was a kid, I used to see like stuff like ghosts whatever you want to call it but as i got older i didn't really see stuff like that but at this new job right so i can't be too specific but y'all know the t with my job or whatever like um so there was a building at the edge of campus and it's pretty much abandoned so what they would do is they would use it for this or that in between things but it primarily stayed empty but it always had like a presence to it like it always it always felt and everything I'm going to say is going to make me sound crazy, but I don't really care. I felt like there was like a, a female presence, like a young female like girl or something. I don't know why I felt like this. I can't like put anything on it. But child, it didn't matter. Like I was like, okay, this is just my personal thought. So I don't have to share it with anybody. Fast forward like four or five months. I'm like chilling with one of my coworkers outside and he's like on a smoke break. And... We're vibing enough where I figure out he's into, like, he believes in supernatural things just like I do. So I'm talking about this building to him, and I'm just like, he's been working there longer than me. So I'm like, yeah, I just don't like being in that building. Like, it just feels like there's, like, a presence in there or something. And just like from these fucking horror movies, this guy's, like, smoking. Like, just imagine the most generic, cliche horror scene for what I'm about to say. And he's just like... Do you know what this used to be like this, this campus? And I'm like, no. And he's like, it used to be like um, a preparatory school for girls. And um, it was very old. So when they got the buildings, they kept the shells, but they just kind of like, you know, repainted and stuff. And I was like, so he didn't use the word preparatory. So it may not be that. But what he was describing is it was like a, 
a living facility for young girls who were like delinquents or they'd be in trouble, but they weren't old enough to go to jail and they weren't like in the juvie system. So it was like some type of weird intermittent ground or whatever. And he said that there was like, like a lot of stuff that had happened on site, like people who had died and people who had like gotten sick and the buildings just got shut down. And so I was like, a girl's school. Cause like, I always felt like the presence was like this girl. Like it just, that building, if y'all ever come to visit me, we should go over there at night. But because <laughs> you could just drive up on it. I'm telling you, it's very creepy. Like it's like I can't even put my hands on why it's so scary. Well, now I do know because that thing haunted. Haunted to high hell. I mean, have I seen anything? No. But I felt it. So I know it's there. You can't <laughs> see the wind. Doesn't mean it's not there. True. True. So I love that. And I love a good spooky, like haunted place. You know, I'll I go on I won't go investigate, but I will step at the front door, take a little peek, and then bounce. You know, that's all. Yeah, I would go I would go in. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we, we know that about you. Is anybody there? Show yourself now. because <laughs> mm-hmm. t- I'm from Amityville, so there or at least the last time I looked. There was a family living in there, and I remember seeing kids playing in the backyard. And I just remember, because there's always people, because of the movie, are coming around trying to get to the house. I just can't imagine staying up in there, even if it's a hoax, right? Let's even say it's a hoax. Just the thought that something could happen to you while you're in the house is too much for me to even, too much for me to comprehend. It's too much for me to even agree to do it, even, even though Bobby wants us to do this whole horror content creator group uh yep. uh journey through mm-hmm. narnia or some shit horror narnia i didn't say narnia <laughs> mike you're coming with us stop faking because if you don't come i'm gonna I'm have the biggest attitude <laughs> i said that i said he will be coming he, like we'll, we'll we will be dragging him you know yes like you're not going to like let us all go <laughs> I expect to see you, Ryan, you know, Sheree, Sheree, kill the dead girl. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Zero. Zero. Like everybody, Mark, you oh know, yep. everybody. Yes. I'll I'm calling all of you guys out. I'll be the chauffeur. Come on, Roger. You'll be there. You damn right. Um, I'm Roger from night of the demons all day. <laughs> Although he went in the house. So yeah. Mm, true. I mean, I guess if there's enough of us, if something happens, that's cool. Whatever you're the fir- like, you're the first one though. That ain't, ain't gonna, gonna happen. <laughs> that that's not gonna happen. There's a way we can make it happen though. We're like, we're all inside. It's like, like come come inside. Like we're waiting for oh you. Oh my god! Damn. They're plotting my murder on this damn podcast. <laughs> we didn't say he was going to get stage. murdered. You know, maybe a little demon possession. Who knows? I think I might. Like, I talk a lot of shit, but I might legitimately pass out if something actually happened. <laughs> and there were demons. Like, I'm imagining if I were in a situation that I would probably pass out from fright. Like, real dramatic 1950s faint at the staircase type of passing out. I could see it. 
Well, the funny thing is, the moment that happens, our horror movie is going to switch to a horror comedy because me, Bobby, and Mark are literally going to be trying to like pick you up, <laughs> <laughs> like, get, like get you out the door, and then something sort of like jump around the corner and scream at us, sort of like <laughs> all at the same time. Yep. I'll try to uh, I try to not to drop your ass, but look, if it happens, it happens. This is two hundred fifty pounds, baby. Y'all better come with it if y'all gonna carry me. <laughs> but it do your best. The, the, the thing is, though, I don't have any upper body strength. <laughs> so if if Bobby and Mark aren't doing what they supposed to be doing, I'm going to try. Y'all gonna let me? But I'm built like Betty Spaghetti. Out and then y'all gonna wheelbarrow me because y'all can't carry me. That is, mm-mm. that's not right. If I could do a reverse thing and like carry things with my legs, I'd be better because like my legs are very strong, like weirdly strong, but my arms don't match. Like it's definitely given. Y'all seen my arms? Hold up. There's no. I have nothing. Nothing. I don't even got the. Oh wait. Oh. Oh. See. Put that away. (laughs) That is nothing. You was actually pulling that. So you you're good. (laughs) Child, my arms are so skinny, and even my wrists. (laughs) <laughs> you're mark, fine uh, mark and you would have to do all the lifting mike please don't pass out please like i mean really because like I, I would feel so bad look y'all would get guy i'm sorry if both of y'all <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm, now, you, you was talking all this shit during uh dead by daylight if i pass out you ain't gonna carry me out that damn <laughs> look when y'all, I'm talking about when y'all both pass out. I can't do... Look! What the hell? I'm not an incredible hawk. Like, the fuck? You gotta do rounds. You gotta take him out and then come back and get the next person. You know? Like a firefighter. That's too much. But what happens if I'll take him out and then I come back to get you and you're no longer there? Or vice versa? Oh, then they- that would be good in a horror movie. Imagine, like, the, like, two people do pass out who's close to the main character. That's actually pretty good. And they have to take them one at a time and they go back and the other person's gone. Oh, that good mm. luck to them, maybe because I ain't coming back up in. <laughs> You're lying. It depends on who it is. Because what if it's like someone like really close to you, like your mom or somebody? Like you gotta go get yeah, them. Yeah, I'll come back. <sighs> Had to throw the mama card in here. Um, I like Hatchet, maybe. for instance. You know how Mary Beth had to go back into the swamp to find her father. <laughs> like she. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about Danielle Harris or the other Mary Beth? The only one we acknowledge. <laughs> and then on top of that she came back with her hair like sitting yes. oh, what, what happened <laughs> he threw her against the wall and she got a blowout <laughs> what the hell the continuity was very strange it was <laughs> she, she did look good when she was killing him I will say that she did I love she was on her sugar hill mm. he was Oh my God. <laughs> we we're, we're not finished with her though. We still got a little bit more to go. Um, shout out to Danielle Harris. That's right. Um, <laughs> gotta love her. Um, all right, y'all. Are y'all ready to get into this movie? <laughs> yes, I got all my laughing out the way because I feel like this is a serious movie. <laughs> so, I got all the giggles out. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know what? Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Sometimes you can laugh. Yeah, sometimes, you know, but... Oh, this is about to be messy. <laughs> no. anytime, anytime this is the preface to the movie we're talking, <laughs> y'all about to be laughing at these people getting yeah. killed. And <laughs> I can't, bro. <laughs> Fine, I'm so sorry we dragged you into this, but here you go. Oh, okay. 
Well, y'all know me. So <laughs> true, true. I promise so. we will not be laughing at certain things in this movie, but we love his house. It's a great film. So yes, his his house is directed by Remy Weeks, a story by Felicity Evans and Toby Venables, starring Supe Desaru, who plays Ball or Bowl. I think it's Bowl. Sorry, I'm butchering his name. Ball on the brain. See. Oh. Damn. <laughs> you know, he came across my um, Instagram the other day. I was like, oh, I don't know how. It was just like, <laughs> and then I did the slide and I'm like, oh, that's the real actor. But I guess I follow him. But I literally seen the demon in his makeup. And I was just like, oh, hey, boo. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me like this real quick. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> starring Supe Desaru, who's played, uh, who plays Ball and um, Ryo. Wound me, Masaku. Wound me, I think it's Wound me, Masaku. Wound me, Masaku, Ryo. I'm, I'm, I'm For- butchering these names. She from Lovecraft Country. I did kind of feel. I was like, I got a Ruby. 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 I'm, so, I'm sorry. I will never in my life do that again. I do apologize. <laughs> um, we love we love some Ruby. I loved her in Lovecraft Country. She was amazing. One of like the best parts of that show, amongst mm-hmm. many amazing things on here. Um, so this movie is about a refugee couple makes a heroin escape from a war-torn South Sudan, but then they try to struggle to adjust to their new life in English town, and they have, I mean, that has an evil lurking beneath the surface, for sure this as well. So, first impressions of this film, y'all. I'm going to start with you, Ryan, because I was excited to actually talk about this movie with you, because again, we been championing this movie, like, forever, like, Jazz and Cat been talking about this movie. Um, I want to start with Ryan because we've been trying to get Ryan to watch the movie forever. And now that you have finally watched it, I'm curious to know what are your thoughts in this movie? Because again, um, Michael seen it. Um, I remember watching this in the clubhouse with Jazz and Cat and like they love this movie. So Ryan, I want to hear your impression of this film as well. See what you think. I felt like it was like vital. It was necessary. It looked so stunning and beautiful. It was like a huge flex cinematography wise. And the twist was very smart. Like, like for me to even consider, because when I was watching it, I just thought it was like a a haunted house story. That's what I thought it was. Like they inherited a home that was haunted. But then like when they peel back the layers, it just showed great attention to storytelling and it was just such a, it, I was gagged. Like my jaw was literally like wide open seeing where it went to. Yes. I love that. Um, what about you, Mike? I agree. Mm-hmm. I thought based on the trailer, I was like, this is going to be like a, just a haunted house kind of movie. Like look at the luck. They are, they're refugees leaving their homeland to a fucking haunted house. But as the story unfolds and you get further and further into it, you get to the twist. And this is a, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. That it has so many layers to it. And it shows that you can do like an all out horror, but also have some like psychological shit impacted. Mm-hmm. And you can have cultural shit in it as well. And it's an amazing movie. So y'all can't use black people to be in the movie as some like reason for you to not watch the shit. That's the way I felt. Yeah. Um, I agree with what both of you guys said. Like, I remember watching each other for this, and I was like, all right, I, 
I got that same um, impression that this was going to be like a haunted house film as well. And when I finally watched it, especially in the beginning, I'm like, all right, I'm still getting those vibes. But then when we got deeper into it, I was just like, yo, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty dark. And shows when you do fucked up shit, things come back to hunt you. Mm. Um, and you can't get away with it. So I always looked at it as like, you know, this is a different version of karma in a sense. Um, of what happened to these characters. And I feel bad for them because you, you know, they're just trying to make a great living for themselves. And unfortunately, they did something wrong. Well, one of them actually did something wrong to try to have this awesome life for themselves. And it's like, I get it. But at the same time, it was still kind of, well, not kind of, it was messed up. So just getting into that and then the horror and just the creepiness happening behind everything, like, when we get into scares, one thing I fell in love with is it wasn't just one jump scare. It was like a scare after a scare after a scare after a scare, like back to back. Like when something's happening right in front of the character, if you look in the background, there's something happening there. And then when they turn around, there's something else happening. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. And I'm just like, yo, I can't. What is happening? <laughs> I can't keep up. So I, I love that whole um, situation that they were doing with this movie. And again, it was beautiful those dream sequences or the daydream sequences gorgeous gorgeous you know what's um, wild about what you're describing though like it's crazy that there were so many like things showing up because it made it more confusing because i was like in a good way like it helped like throw me off because i'm like damn all these people died in this house because usually we think about hauntings like you know if you die on a particular space like you're kind of like you're stuck there so to see like all these bodies like peeking through the holes and stuff, Oof. if you knew something more was going on, but you didn't quite know the extent of it. And it was just it was so frightening. And things were literally like peeling away. The story just kept going. You start to find yeah. out what was happening. Um, and I mean, this is a part of the twist. I mean, I don't want to get into the twist just yet, but Spoilers. you start to. Yeah, this is going to be a spoiler episode by the way it's I always mean, this, gonna be spoilers i don't have the discipline to not talk about shit <laughs> so it's always gonna be spoilers on here i love it <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> um but yes just the layers like you said michael just of everything in this film it, it, it was crazy and just again i i love both of these characters especially um real i loved her because she was keeping she was keeping things real you know, um, Bo was trying to be accepted in this world of, you know, just try to be normal because he didn't have that privilege back at home. So he's trying to fit in with, you know, the white people there and just people in general. He's trying to crack the same joke, wear the clothes, you know, they're eating with utensils and, you know, um, Rial's eating with her hands and he's giving her utensils like that. He's trying to change. Mm-hmm. And, um, she kept was keeping it real. Like even when this stuff was happening in the house, <laughs> she was just like, "No, I'm not. You're following these people, and this is not you. I'm not going by this. And I'm sorry. Like they're cowards, and you're becoming one of them." But the thing that got to me the most is like when shit started to go down in this house, and she was obviously communicating with the spirit. Um, it seemed like the spirit was. She was on the spirit side. You know what I mean? Like nothing wasn't really happening to her. It was happening to her husband. Um, and it seemed like they were in agreement in some sort. 
But what do you guys think about that? Like, what do you think about this um a path? That's what it's called. This uh this witch. How do you guys feel about like this witch pretty much terrorizing her husband, but not her, and making him see all these things and fucking with his head, and not so much her. I'm not sure. Um, I guess the when you think about the difference between how they did their characters, right? Like it feels like he was trying to leave his culture behind. Mm-hmm. It was like he was actively finding ways to try to assimilate and then exert that type of pressure onto her. So maybe that was like a piece of it, like to make him the prey. Um, but because the thing I don't remember is. He just wanted a life for a life. It didn't necessarily have to be his, but it could have been hers. But it feels like it made more sense to be it his. Is, yeah. But I don't remember why. I can't remember where in the storyline it it fixated on him more over her. But it was definitely happening. I yeah. definitely... I feel like she was already more open to even accepting the fact that spirits were around them and spirits were wanting some kind of retribution she already it's because there were moments when i felt like she forgot certain things that had happened and then there were moments where she remembered certain things so she knew something was fucked up that they did but it's, she didn't quite she couldn't quite pinpoint everything and yeah. as far Bowles character was getting on my fucking nerves i'm gonna just say that um i understand wanting to assimilate like from the very beginning where they got to the detention center uh, just really quick, the the way they have to, or the laws and the protocol for them to get through asylum is crazy to me, which is might be similar here. Like, they got to be there for, in a detention center, you could be there up to maybe six months in the UK. Um, wow. And then they give you rules when you get out. Like, you, they, they tell you that you are to live off of what they give you, which I believe they gave them 74 pounds a week. Which is crazy as fuck. Because the thing I looked it up because I was curious because I don't know pounds. I'm not from London. Um, yeah, so I was like, so how much? Like I need reference points. So they, the average person or the average two people can survive off of food, grocery wise, about eighty to hundred pounds per week, and that's just food. That's not including wow. everything else you need to survive to be there. So. Then I went and looked on YouTube, and I'm like, that's a normal thing. Like, they did surveys. I I took the shit down. They they questioned 184 people. 92% said they don't have enough for basic needs. 84% said they don't have enough for food. 63% said they don't have enough for medicine. The can't oh, afford, no. Most can't afford cleaning products. Uh, 95% stated they can't afford public transportation. And then also one in 10 could only afford the funds for like uh, phone credits and shit they need. So it's like putting them up in a situation that's already not ideal and not going to put them in a successful situation. Like you are putting them in a situation where they are going to already be, their morale is going to be down. They're here to create a better life for themselves. And it's almost like you're punishing them in a way and making Mm -hmm. them try to, Right. Uh, you know, like scrape by trying to give them like hood meals and shit, like bitch. Right. Um I can't even get a bunch of hot dogs with this shit you giving me every week. And that's for the two of them. For a person, that's thirty something pounds per week. Mm-hmm. 
So it's just it, it's just crazy to me. And then we also found out that their daughter didn't make it. They said it's been they lost her last year. So I was like, they were even in that detention center for mad long. So they were sitting up in there for a while. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, like, I felt like you were about to get into this a bit earlier, just a little bit. It felt like they were set up to fail. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that's like really creepy about this film. Like there's there before you figure out what the T is, right? You're going through when is it going to go bad? It's not like if it's like, yep. is there going to be the haunting getting them? Is it going to be the social workers? Is it going to be Deborah Logan who keeps glaring at them from across the street? Like <laughs> she did look like Deborah Logan. I was like, I, she was petting her cat. I was just like, ew. <laughs> It was given strong. I'm at his reign. Like I, w- I was waiting for her to say it, man. But it, w- I think that's what scared me so bad. Like the littlest things. Even when he was at the bar, for example, mm-hmm. experiencing like joy, I'm waiting for it the last minute them to be like boo and just start throwing tomatoes at him right. because like it's just, it's just the tension of like when you're a stranger in a foreign land, especially under these circumstances, almost everything feels like horror. Because you, you're you not familiar with everything. You could be taken advantage of. Like, it was just, it's so frightening. The film is frightening on multiple levels. Because when you think about it, you don't see the phantasms as frequently. Like, when you see them, they're intense. But you have, like, these long uh, deserts of space between them where it's more like social situations that are equally as frightening. Yeah. That moment you were talking about, like, I'm in a bar. Like, when that guy invited him in. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a refugee? I got something for you or something along those lines. I got scared at that moment because I'm like, all right, here, here it go. This is where it starts, you know? Um, luckily, that that didn't happen. But it was just, you never know. We've seen a bunch of movies and shows where you have, like, these, those type of people that would lure, uh, I guess, a, you know, a person of color in. And it's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then they do something horrible or bad. So that part definitely got to me. And, you know... Not even just that part, but even when we get to um, Rial, where she's looking for the doctor's office and she's out, you know, searching and she's lost. And then you get those teenage boys that were being a complete ass to her. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, come on. Like they were saying some, you know, sort of racist shit. Well, not sort of. They were saying some racist shit, but also just being ignorant. (laughs) Yeah, I would have fought. (laughs) I would have fought all three of them. Um. <laughs> that was like one of the most powerful scenes to me because I felt like she looked at them and was like, okay, they look like me. Maybe they will help me find out where I need to go. And it kind of just shows you like xenophobia is a real fucking thing regardless. Like her act, her accent was making, not making them, but they were making fun of her because of her accent. Told her to go back to Africa. And it like, it honestly brought me back to being a kid, like when some kids would have names that were not Americanized and how they would get teased like relentlessly. And um, I don't know, it was just like a heartbreaking scene. And I could just, you could just feel her going through it. Like, I do not want to be up in this motherfucking place right now. I'll go back versus dealing with all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment was yeah. wild. But also, the part I was confused at is remember when she was walking before we got to the part with the the boys? Mm-hmm. She seen the little kid playing with the ball. And you see how the first time she seen the kid, it was like in this weird little hubby section. And then she run into the same kid again, but it was out in the open. Like, 
I thought some paranormal shit was happening. Come like, how right. did this kid get to two different spots that quick? Why is she seen this kid? Did I miss something? Like, or did you guys think the same thing? Like, I was confused at I that part. I thought the same thing. Okay. Same. <laughs> I'm like, did I? Did the kid just like, is it the same thing? And she's going, I don't know. It was just a little weird to me. I, I almost feel like it was supposed to just represent, I don't know, her feeling lost or like she was in a foreign place. It, or it could have just been thrown in there to like throw us off because at this point I still don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm like I, I was legit waiting for the um I forgot the name of what they have for the government over there that deals with like um in the immigration and all that. But I was I was like okay the government's gonna do something to them like why would they put them in this house in here that looks decrepit the lights ain't working they got roaches and pizza they, these bitches even clean the shit up. They're nasty man. Yeah. And it like that's a legit thing. Like people have a lot of complaints when they are talking about seeking asylum. It's like they are treated like garbage. Like it's, it's some yeah. kind of hazing of some sort. And um yeah, I, I I don't know, just make their lives a little bit worse. <laughs> because nobody can live like that. No, like, not at all. Don't have no parties, no balls, no games, no candles. Like, no bitch, what you want over, me to do like... to sit up in here? You can't work. You have to live off of what they give you. That was the other thing. Mm -hmm. You can't supplement your income either. Like, bitch, suck mm. my dick, hoe. I'm about to be... Ooh, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> no, that's fine. Keep that in. Tell us how you really feel. This movie was making me mad, but I was also mesmerized by it. And they kept saying, be one of the good ones. That was another thing that kept coming up in this movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were like, it doesn't matter if you're a good person. You don't have to convince me. Just be one of the good ones. Yeah. And it kind of just reminds me that I'm so like Americanized. I don't think about the experiences people have other places being a minority. And that that's something people would say to you here as well. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting theme, too, for this film. Because I get the vibe that, like... They're not the type of couple that would, under normal circumstances, do what they did, like taking a child as like a as a means to get into a new place. But when you saw the state of South Sudan, Sudan, where they were, it was just it's really interesting to think about how society can push people to uh, extremes that are outside their own making or how they even move or operate under normal circumstances like society really did a number on them when you think about it yeah and there's never a good excuse for kidnapping a child of course that's not what i'm saying but i think it's an interesting look at like the human condition oh yeah so you know rial and bo was sitting down eating or whatever and she is this the part where she tells him the story about you know this night witch how, she was telling him a, about a story about a man that you know stole and this night witch hunted this man and she fears that the empath is um empath or whatever how you say it the night witch is in their house things like that um and he doesn't believe her he thinks that she's going cuckoo bananas uh and she was saying like yeah we have to repay our debt uh and she calls someone like a liar and things like that so at this point i believe we also know that this night witch is talking to her because a little bit later you see that um ball goes to you know he goes into the kitchen and he sees that she's having a conversation with somebody in the kitchen and there's nobody there so this 
clearly shows that this spirit or demonic presence is out to get him. You know, really instead of her. Like this Night Witch is still showing her stuff, but not as much as it doing it to him because he actually committed the I guess crime, I should say. <laughs> um and then we start seeing shit going on in the walls. And then we hear and then we start to see their daughter. And this is what I mean where the the holes in the wall, you start seeing like the eyes looking through it, and then things happening yeah. behind, and then you hear, you know, the daughter calling for the mom, and then like running towards um ball, and just a whole bunch of crazy shit happening at once. So when we got to that moment, I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on because obviously we know that they lost their daughter, but we didn't know we knew how. But mm-hmm. at this point, we also didn't know that this wasn't their daughter. Um, so we was like, all right, why is this child haunting them? You know what I mean? So how did you guys feel about that? For me personally, those were the more terrifying scenes just because it even the scenes where they were actively try, act, trying to do things to him were not as bad as them just like peeking through the fucking holes. To me, that is more terrifying that I've seen a bunch of people just staring through some fucking holes in the wall versus y'all attack me. I'm like, I, at that point, I've just got to accept it and take it. But, um... Like you, I didn't really understand what was happening. Like, I understand. I understood at this point there was some kind of guilt over what I thought was the daughter. But I didn't understand, like, the severity of what happened. And, right. I, again, obviously, uh, Rial understood that they did something wrong. And Ball was just in complete denial and wanted to just move the fuck on and separate himself mm-hmm. completely from whatever had happened. Yeah. Can't do that. Like, I would live forever with that guilt. So seeing that shit, too, would just make things a lot worse. I'll be like, yeah, something's out to get me. This is it. Take me now. <laughs> this is, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, take what about you, Lord? Right? Just take me, Lord. <laughs> I feel like the house, um, and I, I like this, just generally speaking, about films like this, because it kind of makes me think about how, like, Wes Craven was talking about how, and people under the stairs, how the house was like a... It represented like America mm-hmm. and how like there are like secrets hidden in the walls. I like that about certain haunted house films, how they take and subvert the the trope with messages like this, because like Mike said, it felt like it was like a manifestation of their guilt. And like Mike, I didn't know the severity. I thought it was the thing that a lot of people do who lose someone close to them where they blame themselves and they say, you know, I wish I could have did something or they take a lot of that blame on. So I thought that was a piece of it. But then as the film goes on, the phantasms are so targeted and like so acute that it's just it's effective. And it's I think it's great symbology, too, for like how the house itself is dilapidated and it's not, you know, it's really not that great of a home. But they're putting wallpaper over it to try to cover up the problems underneath. You know, that can be like because they are coming from a situation where they have to make do with what they have. So they're trying to be grateful and make the best out of it. But it also can call back to how we try to bury things that are like dark and hideous that we've done and trying to move on in a new start. Like it's just a perfect metaphor for the spirit of the film. I love that. Also, um, <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, I agree with all both you guys, honestly, like, I will say this is one of the more scarier moments where I think a lot of people don't talk about because it's something so simple, but also very effective. 
again, I'm a huge fan of cinematography and music, so I look at all of that shit. And just how it looked during those moments. Like, even when Ball was, like, again, seeing the, the wallpaper pill and how it was coming down. And I'm just like, just how, I don't know, just the way it looked, it's just something creepy about it. And then I also watch my horror movies loud. I have like a subwoofer <laughs> and a, um, a nice. sound bar. So I have, because I don't have surround sound, so I have that thing because loud. And this fucking sound design, like when you hear the fucking footsteps of something running, that just, ugh, goosebumps, chills. Um, <laughs> and these are simple scares, but they are super effective. And again, like I said, it's scare after scare. Like you see one thing and something else happening behind um, ball, and then you see something in the wall. And you think it's over, then you see something else. And I'm just like, yo, this this is this is great. This is amazing. But again, we still don't know what exactly is happening. Why are we seeing these figures? Why are we seeing, you know, Nyagat um in this mask and behind the walls and you know, doing this to them. So it's just like, all right, we understand that they obviously all these people drown. But what exactly happened? What exactly happened and why is you know these spirits are coming back? And hunting hums specifically instead of uh real. So um I just want to say that too. It's a great scene. Um great moments actually throughout the movie like that, and I wish more people talked about that. Because yeah. Um so Ball starts to lose it and starts destroying the walls, you know, he's starting to go crazy in <laughs> This is one of my favorite moments as well. Um and Rial tells uh the men are oh, so who are who are these men again? I forgot who they are. They're like what man? They're the the white dudes that came in and they were like helping. Oh, they were the government. The government. Yeah, I'm but I like, think of the name they call them. Um, yeah, I didn't. Um, are they themselves caseworkers? Just like I was, um, the main guy is. Yeah, I wanted to office. say caseworker, but home office. Okay. Yeah, so well, the dudes from the home office. office. <laughs> okay, cool. So basically, well, they do shit. They're like the department that handles um, immigration, fire, uh, what would they call it? Terrorists control, I guess. Like, it okay. kind of sounds like emergency services with other shit extended oh. upon with it. Yeah, like, um, so I help them? No, I would not say they were helping them. But no. it's more so, this is my job. I got to do it. And I'm gonna make it as difficult as possible. And there was a moment actually in the beginning where they were sharing a room with this other dude, and he was oh, like, yeah. "Don't don't get your hopes up. They're just gonna send your ass back home anyway, basically." Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it implies that they make the rules so um, unrealistic to follow, to so that they can send you back, versus giving you an open arm. And being like, welcome to our home. And, you know, we know you're coming from a dangerous situation and want to escape that. Is I, I don't see it as helpful at all. His That motherfucker, he was like, oh, this house is bigger than mine. As dirty and fucked mm -hmm. up as it was, trying to, like, uh, justify what they were giving them. And right. normally, it's not just two people. There's way more people who would be sharing that kind of home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what... It was interesting because when home office came in and they were like looking around and Rial came out with, you know, her wardrobe and she was like, oh, did you tell him about the <laughs> night with 
So <laughs> it was making her sound a little cuckoo bananas, but like mm-hmm. he's telling the truth. So they're looking at her like, uh, okay. So when they left, it was just like, yeah, they're definitely getting deported or <laughs> something. They're like, they're definitely getting the fuck out of here. So she's looking and she's telling um, Ball, like, you idolize these men. They're weak. They think they're strong and bad and stuff, but they're actually weak. And you mm-hmm. idolize these men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always say Rihanna's a real one because she's like, look, I'm not changing shit about me. Uh, you yeah. go ahead. I'm leave- I'm going home with or without you. So what's it going to be? <laughs> and I forgot too. I think the I forgot I skipped, but it was the moment also when all that stuff was going down with the walls and he started to go crazy that he started burning the shit in their house because he said oh like we're marked mm-hmm. and she started to feel some type of way because you know the necklace and stuff like he was trying to burn everything i would have fought him right there like you're not gonna be burning shit you're not gonna be burning nothing. i don't give a fuck if you're marked or not you're not gonna be touching my shit you're a marked motherfucker not me <laughs> that, that scene hurt my heart too like i, I, I mean there are so many out of everything that happens in this film like element wise to see them like the core couple like go back and forth like this it, it's the most painful thing like and it's even in the subtleness like how she was chilling on the floor waiting to eat dinner with him like they would normally eat back in sudan but you know he was like well, we could have used the table it's just like and it, the way the camera angle is with the candlelight and everything she looks gorgeous mm-hmm. and like she's such a powerful actress that she's emoting because you can feel like the love she has for him like she's a morris and she's just sitting and just trying to have dinner with her husband and he's just picking at her and it's it's natural even though it's like toxic that when people are put in pressure cookers like this they turn on each other and they ticket each other because it's like you're projecting your frustrations onto the nearest person to you yeah i was afraid it was going to go down a shining route and uh, like <laughs> she was gonna have to really take him out um because i just it got almost came feel- to that it was and i was like okay is he about to wild out and like start fucking her up or something in this movie like i that's not where i want this to go so i'm glad it didn't go in that direction but yeah he was everything every time she was speaking in her native tongue he was telling her, speak english she sp- yep. eats with her hands he wants her to eat with a with utensils that she doesn't like yep. so literally he wanted to assimilate completely and disregard his culture it honestly as somebody which i don't know but like who's somebody whose family's been in america for centuries it may be, be there's a certain bitterness i think i do have when i think to like the fact that i don't have a connection to culture and and and, and shit before uh, the slave trade in America. So like watching this people who have that c- kind of culture, that connection and he so willingly is going to throw it away to to assimilate to be there and she's like no fuck that I would rather be in a warring country with two different tribes versus be here and deal with this shit. It's just it's a very interesting um I don't know outlook to me. Look, I I was just going to agree because like I like seeing um, people still be rich in that culture as well, because in the diaspora, like we're experiencing a life where so much has been stripped from us that we're creating like a new culture that doesn't feel anything like what our ancestors likely lived like. And I feel the exact same way. 
I just, I mean, again, I don't really know anything about this. I'm sure, obviously, none of us do, but I'm sure this is a real thing that happens to people that come into situations like this where they probably, you probably do have that one person that's trying to fit in with mm -hmm. the world. And then you have that one person, you know, that's trying to remain the same. So I'm sure that's kind of like a, you know, a, a realistic thing between couples or whoever um, that you came in together with. So I'm sure that this story um, came off some actual truth. <laughs> um, it's just sad to see, again, like you were saying, Ryan, like the bickering between these two because they seem like a beautiful couple and uh, things like that. But it's just, it, it sucks because, and it's like, in my head, it's like I get what he's trying to do, but the extent that he's going is kind of, like, it's not kind of, it is wrong. Like, I understand he's trying to fit in so he can be like everybody else and just, you know, do everything right so he can have his freedom. But, you telling your wife to speak English instead of speaking like, you know, your language and eat this way instead of eating, you know, the way that you're used to. It kind of just was like, you don't have to do all that, bro. Like, that's unnecessary, yeah. you know, because you are you're trying to neglect your coach. And that's not cool. I understand that you're trying to dress proper so you probably could be presented well, get a fresh haircut. You're trying to have the same jokes as these people. But it's just sometimes you can't always. Uh. I guess surrender <laughs> yourself mm -hmm. to, you know, be like these people because again, it, it presents you as weak. Like she said, I consider people like that weak. Yeah, he, yep. he had no identity. He, no, no identity. He, he, there was another scene with him being in the clothing store shopping, and he was trying so hard to come like idolize this white family that was in the marketing, mm -hmm. whatever you call it. And so he wanted to wear the shirt. He wanted to represent himself completely. It's almost to me, it seemed like he was that desperate to move away from what he did. That he mm -hmm. was like, I'm willing to throw mm. all that shit away to forget everything I did. And I will become one of y'all. It fits. It fits. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of fits. So, I mean, mm. <laughs> um, so cut to, I mean, balls still going through his problems in his head and stuff like that. And then he, no, this is at, actually at the dinner table. Like, you know, after they're going back to have a little argument and then she's gone, Rial's gone. And then as the camera's panning back, you start to see that he's like, I love the scene. He's like in the middle of like an ocean, but everything's like this orange tent or whatever. And then he's looking around and he start to see like these zombie like people and stuff. All right. So, this is one of the most beautiful scenes to me. Like, how did you guys feel about this moment? Because it's actually eye-catching, and it was scary, too. Because you actually seen the Night Witch, like, in a distance. You just seen the eyes and stuff at first. Um, but then you start seeing, like, these diff like these body zombie-like uh, people coming up from the ocean, which is pretty dope. But also terrified me, because, again, anything involving water, I don't care if it's sea creatures or dead mm -hmm. people emerging from the water, it's still scary. <laughs> so how do you guys feel about that moment? Because it was beautiful, but also terrifying. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. <laughs> um, sometimes when I see movies like this, I don't know if y'all think like this too, though, where scenes like that look so good. I'm like, I wonder if like film technology is going to advance so much. Like, just to put you in perspective, like you know how you look back at like movies you thought like, oh wow, this looks so stunning from the '90s, and now that like we've been in the era that we've been in so long we look back and like oh those graphics don't look like as good as i thought they the did. matrix it 
Oh, don't Ooh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I wonder, like movies like His House, where like, because that scene is a flex. It looks so good. Are we going to look back in like 20, 30 years and be like, oh, those graphics look so bad because now there's Ooh, like, yeah. That's yeah. creepy to think about because yeah. it looks like this is a huge flex. Yeah, I, I think so. To me, it's. I think some people might look at this scene even now, probably, and they're thinking like there's not a lot going on gore wise or violence wise. But visually, it's a stunning scene to look at. Color wise, what's going on, the sound design. Um, I just. It, it's possible people might look back and they're like, this ain't shit, but. That's the nature of the beasts. That is. Yeah, never lie. Right. I mean, and it's possible, like, years from now, we might look back at it, because that's, you know, film is ever evolving. It's always evolving, I should say. Um, so we, it's possible that we're going to look back and be like, yo, that the graphics the nearest trash, <laughs> even though right now it looks beautiful. But at this point, I like, this was making me even more intrigued in the film what exactly was happening like are why is these dead people emerging from the thing and why they're necessarily coming after um uh so it was it was very interesting but i actually happy that we got this and i want people to talk about the scene a lot too <laughs> one last thing I, it made me because there have been moments in the movie I remember think being confused, like, okay, I understand the daughter is dead. I think because at this time I'm thinking mm-hmm. it's still their daughter, but I'm like why are all these other all these other people haunting them? Right. So this scene to me was like, okay, this might be some like survivor's guilt type shit, where it's like because it wasn't just the daughter that was drowning in the ocean. There were plenty of people who were in the water when the boat capsized. So like, they they could have some survivor's guilt as well because if they didn't do what they did, or if he didn't do what he did, and she didn't go along with it. Then um, they pot, pot potentially would have been dead along along with those people. Yeah. Well, Ball's still in a trance, y'all. He's in the strand, and Rial's looking at him like, "Bitch, what's wrong with you? Okay, you're peeing your pants. This is my time to escape. I'm about to bounce." <laughs> and he wakes up from it, you know. And I guess he runs out and things like that. Um, but then we also get the story quickly with um how. Pretty much summing up what actually happened with them kidnapping Naya Agak. And that was a heartbreaking scene to me because your, your struggle to get on this bus to escape. And I mean, I get it because people's getting killed in the middle of the street, shot up, and this carnage just happening right then and there. And the only way you can get on this bus is if you have a child. So you just pick up this child, get on the bus. And then the mother is the real mother is yelling for her child and she's mm-hmm. screaming for her mom like misty eyed. I got misty eyed. I'm like, why are you doing this? Let her on the bus. Why you keep going? Stop it. <laughs> um, so we find out that this kid is not even there and they, I'm not going to say they killed her, but this would never happen to her if they would never had taken her. But then again, you wouldn't have known that she survived anyway, because if she did stay with the mom out there, she probably still would have got killed. But then again, yeah. you also, the mom came a little bit earlier, she probably would have got on the bus with my eye again. Right. There is so that. it's, there's that. There's a lot of, you know, things that could have happened here. So I, I just felt bad. And I was just confused at Rial actually thinking this was her real daughter. Like, maybe y'all can, like, it's like, because it seemed like, 
when she has her little vision where she sees her friends in that hall or whatever and you know they're talking and things like that and i'm just like so does she actually think that was, like did she think that was her real daughter or did she knew what was happening like i was a little confused at that part I think that she I, I I don't think she um thought it was her daughter per se, but there were there were pieces that were kind of I I feel like this is a great film to like watch multiple times mm-hmm. because I don't think that they thought sorry, I don't think she thought that that was her daughter per se, but I do get vibes of what you're describing, so I wonder what that was about. Like if it was maybe like supposed to be a representation of her guilt or something yeah. or like imagining like what her life would have been or I, I don't know it's strange she did tell her I will protect you so yeah. I'm thinking she was like well I gotta take you under my wing now since we done stole your ass and yeah. your mother is left back there and is murdered so she pretty much like adopted her in some way Yeah, and there were moments when yeah. she did call her my daughter or my child and then that did confuse me even towards the end yeah Damn. And that could be her just um, pushing that shit out of her mind because I'm sure to them they are they consider themselves to be good people, and yeah. they yeah. just kind of did some fucked up shit to survive. Okay. So that might have been too much for her to handle mentally. I think she also in her head was like, I can't believe my husband was capable of even doing this shit. Doing this, yeah. it seemed like from the very beginning she was side eyeing him. Like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, you let this girl die, and all he saved his wife. He left the girl in the water. We didn't really know it wasn't the daughter at the time, but he was like, "Well, fuck her. We don't need her at this point. I just need you." Yeah. So I yeah. think his actions throughout this movie have made her like question him and who he is as a person. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I like in my head, I just thought something was wrong with her <laughs> because I'm just like, right, is she that? delusional where it got to the point where she actually thought that was her daughter you know what i mean just like she just said fuck everything this is that was my child it is what it is um but then again i'm just like well maybe she not and she's playing along and she and like you said mike she adopted this kid and she kind of just like oh well i'm taking care of you now so and she built this connection with um nyayagat um but it 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 did bother me though where so like you said, the whole moment in the sea where, you know, pretty much saved the wife, but left, you know, the daughter there. And it's just like, you're using, you obviously used her. You obviously mm-hmm. used her yep. just to get far. And that's the fucked up part. So that's why I was a little bit on the night witch side. <laughs> like, you, you fucked up, you know, give me, it's time to give me that soul, you know? And he was even talking to Rio. I was like, yeah, make sure that he, you know, cut himself <laughs> or you cut him and bring that body to me, baby, because, um, you gotta go. I'll bring you your daughter back if you you get them. He pulled a Billy Zane low-key in Titanic, so I'm just saying. I mean, no, that's the truth. I'm not gonna, do, you know, and let's get it clear. I'm Billy Zane and Demon Knight, not Titanic. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that wig, honey, but... <laughs> yeah, the way he was moving was greasy as shit in that damn Titanic, and that was a deep cut, Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did y'all see the um that meme that pops up every tax season of him holding that child saying yeah. I'm with child and yeah. like everybody on tax season? I'm like, bruh, calm down. <laughs> That's truth though. Especially for this movie, is definitely the truth. He definitely pulled a Billy Zane. Wow. 
Thanks, Mike, mm. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I throw it in there, you know. Is that going to be the name of the episode? His house, and then it's going to be pulling a Billy Zane. Is that what, <laughs> is that what you're doing now? I was thinking about the episode title. I couldn't. I was like, I don't know if I want to make this a joke title episode. It's, oh, it's true. So yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's um, fine. It's the truth. He did pull a Billy Zane. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> he trash for that, bro. Like, yeah. I see why that damn night witch was trying to get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see. I definitely see. I feel like the wife, um, Uriel, was considering it. She was trying. He was also. I thought it was going to get to the shining because he was locking her ass in the house at a point, like busting the windows to the point where they can't taking the doorknobs off. off. So I was like, "This is." I don't need no black men versus black women singing this movie right now. I don't want that. I went there too, though. I thought the shining. I also thought um, Amityville. When the mm-hmm. husband went crazy, if you remember, he wanted to just kill everybody because he was possessed by whatever was in the house. So I yeah. thought that was going to eventually happen, too. Um, we was going to get an Amityville situation and not about time, Brian. <laughs> you read my mind. You know what? I'm never too far away from that. <laughs> I, that, in comparison, I could see that being high up compared to probably what's coming out. Um, Amityville in space. I can't wait to see that movie. What if they're like connected with each other, you know, about yes, time, and, time space, and space? Yeah. Time and space. Yeah. Ryan, um, you might get, you know, a sequel to your, your fave. Somebody on the feed earlier had me dead because they said, like, they were like, when I saw Amityville in space, I was thinking, Brother Gulich is probably somewhere getting ready to watch this film. I was like, absolutely correct. <laughs> and then she was like, it might usurp uh, about time for you. And I'm like, nah. I, I mean, it has a, some big shoes to fill for that masterpiece. I don't know. It may happen, man. It may happen. Who knows? <laughs> I do like Leprechaun in space, so I can I can see. I mean, it's possible. Look, I, I really like that one. I was telling him in the group, like, this is following the Leprechaun story. They did the hood, and now they're doing mm-hmm. space. What is next? What did they call the one in Ireland and the hook place in Leprechaun? Like Leap? Which one? You talking about um, the remake? Yeah. Leprechaun? Yeah. It was like Leprechaun Origin. Origin, something like that. So yeah. they might... Child, I don't even acknowledge that thing. <laughs> yeah. I'll see the once and I said never again. He ain't talking and skipping and making jokes and shit. What is this? <laughs> they try to make it like a, like a beast. In that one. Yeah, like a beast or a I... demon or something. It was kind of interesting because <laughs> it made me question like, do I know what Leprechauns are or is it just I'm thinking of like Lucky Charms and shit and what they sold to us. Maybe this is what an actual leprechaun is supposed to be. Wait, is it Lucky Charms one with the rabbit? No, that's tricks. Yeah. yeah. That's tricks. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny? Like Leprechaun Returns was good though. Oh, that was really good. That was really they good. Put they, but I knew when Leprechaun, Lepre, Leprechaun, because clearly, I knew when Leprechaun Origins was coming on. It said made by WWE. I was yeah. like, this is about to be a ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I will say though, WWE, they had at least a good movie with uh what is it, See No Evil? See No Evil was that good. Was them? I forgot yeah. about See No Cause, Evil. Cause I didn't was, know that was them. Because Kane, I think Kane. Daniel Harris was in the sequel of that. She, Jane, she was in a sequel to that too, yep. Next. Okay, j- they get one. They get one. And guess what? Tyena was in oh, the that's first right. one. Right. Tyena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I know I see my name in light. No one's gonna <laughs> stop me. You'll see. I will go far. <laughs> Ryan gonna walk away. Oh <laughs> but I yes, can't with y'all. That that is the next watch party. We will be watching Ooh, See No see Evil. No Evil. Well, um, and twenty eight days later. Let's not forget that. That too. And then we gotta jump into. The it depends what kind of mood. Because like, if twenty eight days later is has good action points, but there's also a lot of dialogue in it, I think. I I don't mind dialogue. Like I'm one of those girls. Like I don't I don't mind like, you know, as long as it's contributing to the storyline if it's a bunch of kiki 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 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i i can't wait for you to stand for selena i can't wait oh yeah selena mm-hmm. not <laughs> not bitty bitty bum not her oh <laughs> i'm about to say no i seen that y'all know hold up i'm not gonna stay here too long when i first saw selena like as a kid mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't grow up listening to her so i didn't know she was dead right so as i'm watching the film I was like, oh my God, I like her so much. And then when the scene comes, like, I was like, I cried. Yeah. Like, I cried so yeah. bad. Like, it messed me up. I was like, and I was mad at my mom. I'm like, why didn't you tell me she was dead before I watched this movie? <laughs> She's like, I thought, I thought you knew that she was dead. I'm like, no. That was sad. <laughs> that yeah. ending montage had me, oh, child, I was done. Yeah. And that song. I'm Don't do it. I, I won't be able to take it. My whole shit gonna shut down. Oh my god, I'm gonna go to my greatest hits with Selena. As well. <sighs> Anything for Selena. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> oh my god. So it was good. so good. J Lo so put her whole pussy into that movie. She sure did. <laughs> Everything was just perfect, man. Like, <laughs> everything was so good. All right, let's get back to his house. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty much, um, the, <laughs> the Night Witch, because I can't say the name properly, so I'm just calling him the Night Witch, rises from the ground, rises from the earth, mm-hmm. and attacks Ball, Ball, Ball. And that part scared me, too, because I wasn't expecting to see it. I thought it was going to be just like CGI heavy creature monster mm-hmm. but then when you actually got a closer look you could tell it was just a practical effect like somebody was obviously in a suit or whatever they probably did something with the glowing of the eyes but other than that so um he attacks you know ball and he inserts his like fucking fingers into his skin oh and was kind of just oh my <laughs> gosh i was just <laughs> no ways oh right <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what that sound like. I'm keeping this PG. Stirring macaroni. Yeah, right? that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop? Oh my god! <laughs> you forgot I have. We all have headphones in. This shit is loud. That sound. Oh my god! Y'all disgusting. <laughs> um, this motherfucker came out the ground looking like Mr. Burns off The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Sounded like Candyman. He was—he kind of sounded like Tony Todd. <laughs> that voice. Um, but yeah, he Time's was. Up, motherfucker. <laughs> that's what he said. Times up, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 he came out the ground like, "Give me that soul, bitch. It's time." 
Um, but that part was crazy. And then Rial, she was first she was taken back. She had her mouth covered. She was like, What the fuck is happening? What is going on? <laughs> but then she's go she goes behind the night witch and then slits throat and kills yeah. the night witch, saving her man. That part confused me the first time I watched it because this whole time I'm thinking it's like a manifestation. Right. But he's in there. He's real. That means yeah. he teleported. That is he, that is a powerful mutant. He did some Freddy Krueger shit. He came out into the real world and she slit his throat. Okay. <laughs> I was like, were you not just trying to leave this man? Now you saving him? <laughs> like, what's going And then I was like, can you kill a demon with a knife? I don't know if this is like... She can. She did. I... Or Night Witch, excuse me. But I was slightly confused. I will say I'm glad that we got to see him at least. I was expecting not to see... I thought it was going to just be psychological towards the end and not really show like some straight-up horror shit. So I'm glad we got to see him and hear the noises yeah, as he too. dug into his forearm and shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was... A- so... <laughs> I just have a question, right? I wonder if he can do that to my sinuses. Because you know how, like, your sinuses get kind of, like, itchy and stuff? If he could just, you know, reach in there and just, like, oh. massage it a little bit. Oof. That would be so nice. Rose. Just rub it. <laughs> I might. Oh, wait. I was about to go too far. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell y'all after recording if I remember. <laughs> but... You know, I was a bit confused too, but I also felt like maybe because he's, I don't know what a night witch does. I don't know if they're demons. I don't know if they're just, I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find much information. I was trying to look the shit out. I, I know it's like a um, a night, it's like it from Dinka culture, but I was like, okay, I every time I Googled it, it was just this movie coming up. <laughs> so it's like, I need more specific information to look up. Because it's like a ghost demon where, you know, it, like it followed them there, you know, and he even said at one point, like, wherever you go, I'm following. So maybe like he traveled with them in some way inside of them or and then when they got into this house, he kind of just let himself go inside the walls and manifested all these like things to fuck them up, like their daughter and these dead people. And then eventually he just emerged from the ground. like, fuck this shit. I'm taking this man's soul. I don't know. But Whatever it is, it worked for me. It's creepy. It's a little confusing, but it's okay. Things could have been worse. Yeah, like he, Bowl, I guess at some point was like, he slit his wrist or something on his forearm. Oh, yeah. And basically was like, look, I just started because of me, so let me just get myself up. Or at least let him drink a little bit or whatever he was trying to do. And, um, <laughs> I, so I, I, to me, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, is she, is this supposed to mean, okay, so they've accepted what they have done in a way, in, in a small kind of way, repented for it by at least accepting that they did it versus trying to not acknowledge it. But I was like, I don't know if that works. I don't know if that should, that, that ain't enough for me. But um, I wanted to see him go, honestly. But I mean, I, it's cute. Whatever. It, again, it's so multi-layered, and this this to me was a similar experience to like um, the Sixth Sense, almost, but like on a higher tier, in my opinion, because the first watch 
I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in the whole movie. And then once I finally find out, I'm like, okay, cool. This And it's affecting me in a way that doesn't normally happen in a horror movie. The second time I'm watching, I already know what's happening. And I'm picking up on all the shit I missed the first time. And, um... Gary Ocker, I don't know why you did that. He should go. You don't you don't know what he's gonna do. You know who That is her man. What would y'all do in this situation? You know, even though you your partner, you know that he did all of this, you know, um, and you see your husband being attacked by this night wit and you see him pretty much almost dying. Like what would you do in that situation? Would you let it happen, given what your husband did, or would you go the real route? He was about five seconds off from slapping me early in this movie, so baby, he gotta go. And mm. um, he's willing to give up children. Although it's, it's complicated, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's not. I think, and that kind of seems to be the point. It's not black and white. It seems very complicated. It's not like the characters were like all out evil. Yeah. So like, oh, they deserved it, but it kind of just shows you like you could think you're a good person, but what would you do in a situation where you want to survive and you want to protect your family? Right. Touche, Bobby. Touche. You got my judgment last. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. What about you? I don't know because I would be operating on the idea that it was a phantasm. But the thing about it is, since she knew what it was, I think that gave her <clears throat> the upper hand that I normally wouldn't have. Since she knew it was in a path and like it could be touched. Then that led into it, like just her having that knowledge of her own culture, because she's not interested in like leaving her culture. She's like she's a she's proud of her culture. She knows her stuff. That was the thing that led into them stopping this, because I think any of us would assume it was just like a ghost or like something you can't uh, intangible thing. And so I don't know. My, I think I would. I would have to do something. I can't stand around and let someone I love be harmed. But it wouldn't even occur to me to touch them. Do your thing, cause yeah. right. I probably start praying and shit, and then next thing you know, it, it ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> Put on some Kirk Franklin or something, oh my God. or some Mary, Mary, Mary Silver or something. And gold. Or some... That's for Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Would you like throw a rock at him or something? Stop it. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. So that's when I would have figured out they were physical because I would throw something. And then if it hit him, he's like, I'm like, oh, it's nothing. And I would have came over there like Wolverine. But that's a good point. Because <laughs> earlier in the movie, Bo was like, you are just a figure in my imagination because I can't even feel the fire or anything else going on. So this is just like imagery. Or yeah, he says all yeah. pictures. I'm not afraid of pictures. So for the night witch to come and dig his hand up in his forearm yeah. towards the end was kind He's of like, oh, I'm just pictures? We're just pictures? Okay. <laughs> That's scary. It is. It is. Um, well, you know, the night witch is now dead, I guess. And, you know, the home office happens to come back and the walls is all patched up and things like that and they're looking around, taking pictures. And how did you guys feel about that scene? Like, it seemed like they were just like, yeah, we're just, Fuck them. nothing happened. Fuck the home office, <laughs> man. I was, so, I was so over them. The home, of course, the whole movie, I was expecting them to be a part of some shit. But they are just the manifestation of some other kind of evil that goes on. And not necessarily what we've been focusing on this whole movie. Which I'm actually happy about because they that movie the mo- this movie could have went that route, 
focusing more on that side and more about the racism and stuff like we we got pieces of it in here and see what they're experiencing but it, it this movie didn't dig too deep into that because we were focused on these characters and what they have done and you know their karma what's you know what they're suffering so i'm happy that we didn't go too deep with these mm. motherfuckers like fucking up their lives even more yeah i think that's why that last scene is so powerful with them standing there with all the like the the spirits of the lost because they may be spirits or they could just be kind of like their memories of them but it doesn't matter either way it's just like you fought to get into this situation and you're kind of left with all these memories so it's like it's still it's kind of a sad ending but at the same token there's still a glimmer of hope because the apath is gone but it's just it's just scary i have a question for y'all because i i hear black, black people from london and other races saying that their racism is not as overt as ours is here so like how different do you think this movie would have been if it were about a couple coming here as refugees seeking asylum and they had to be and that was another thing they didn't tell these motherfuckers they didn't tell them where they were going they literally put them in a truck and were like we're driving your ass somewhere we're not telling you shit so they didn't know where they were but like how different do you do you think it would have been more overt do you think it would have been more of a racial component to it than it is in this movie I say yes. Because America forever wants to throw race into everything and then go super fucking deep with everything. Mm -hmm. Like, this country is obsessed with showing what happens to black folk in such a traumatic way all the time, every chance they get. And I feel like if they, if this was made by an American and they show these characters coming to the US, the racism would definitely be heavy in this movie. Definitely. Because I feel like in the UK, like I have a friend that lives in the UK and he spoke to me briefly about this. He said their uh, racial stuff within the black community, uh, uh, at least this, this is what he told me, is that it's more of like a colorism type of thing, like the lights versus darks mm. that they handle a lot. Um, like if you're light skinned, because he's light skinned and he always get hit with the question, oh, what are you mixed with? Even though he looked like a nigga. But like, just because he's light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you mix with? He's like, well, why do I have to be mixed? Like, why, you know, <laughs> like, why yeah. can I just be light skinned? You know what I mean? Um, and it's always just one of those things that he, they deal with back and forth over there, you know? And um, he even asked me the same question over here because he don't really know what's really going on so much over here. And I say, oh, racism, man, just it's so much. I can go on and on and on and do your history, but... I can go on and on and on. It's not just colorism or anything. It's so much more than that. So, um, but go back to your question. Yes, I definitely think that. Yeah, it, it would. The movie would be fixated on color and racism, opposed to uh, what's actually what we actually got in this movie. Yeah, I do too. And you even see it like not just with people who are seeking asylum or whatever the case may be but people who live here like who are native to mm. like well not native but like people who live here like um government provided housing and stuff is appalling conditions yep. a lot of the times and like the money that people get as aid from the government typically isn't enough to live the only difference is um 
the threat of being deported, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the only underlying threat. So I could imagine if it were somebody getting state provided housing and a stipend from the government, it would probably be much the same, which is like if you mess up or you do this, you do that, deported, you know, instantly. So and there's already such microaggressions built around race here, just systemically anyway. Right. So that's I feel like that's not going anywhere. True. And this is one of the first movies I see a black man being like, no, we need to stay up in this house, even though I know shit is going on. This is the <laughs> first time I've, I've seen that. His house. It's this house. He kept saying, this is my house. I ain't going over here. <laughs> this used to be a fun house. <laughs> Sorry. And now it's, it's full, full of evil clowns. I'm into <laughs> evil empaths. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I meant to look up how this movie did because I was just curious, but I forgot. <laughs> I know the scores weren't too bad. Um, because I mean, this is this one or the director won a BAFTA, like a British film or TV, one of them thing, basically like the Oscars over there for like um, a debut director for a film. And it was at Cannes at first in 2020, and then it came over to Netflix. I mean, like, it must have some kind of acclaim to it. I'm just curious how it did as far as viewership goes. It has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Fuck these hoes. Right. And then the review, the first review I see is 7 out of 10, a decent stat at Urban Horror. That title got him under his right. No. Oh no, that's so rude. It's not urban horror, but you know it's black, so it must be urban, right? That was very charged. Yeah, who wrote that? The (laughs) epath? Apparently so. Um, And then the other title, and somebody gave this a nine out of a ten, and then the title says "Whose House," and I want to say "Runs House." Um, I was thinking about that for a time, but I was like, this t- I can't do it, right? I can't. <laughs> I'm not dealing with y'all. <laughs> um, all right, well, while we're at the end, speaking of ratings, oh. what would you guys rate this film? Ooh. Out of a five. We're not going to do a ten. Hmm. I will give this, for me, which is shocking because... Psychological horror is not necessarily my favorite, mm. but I noticed the more I watch this, the more I enjoy it. I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. I, I, I just think it's beautifully acted, written, shot, edited. Like, there are many scenes where, like, some directors would, like, do a bunch of, like, fucking, I don't know what it's called, like, multi-shots and shit, but when it's, um... Ball and Real, it seems like the director chose to like just stick with them as they just emote and give you whatever it is that they're supposed to be feeling. And um, I just think it was just a good, good in quotations, but good ride. And I'll give it a four point five because I I would rewatch this and I recommend it to all y'all. And it's not the end of Black History Month; it's March. Y'all still gonna be watching our shit. Yup, I was about to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, what about you? Um I would say 
maybe like a four out of five. Um, I was going to say a 3.5 at first, but what moves it up is like Mike said, I actually highly suggested everyone watch this film. Like it's, it's a must watch. I can't believe it's only an hour 30 minutes right? Like because it literally tackles so much and it's so beautiful. And the storyline is really tight and tidy. And if you don't know the twist, you'll be gagged. Like yes. it's, it's a, it's a really great movie to like just sink your teeth into a few times as well, because since there is so much going on with trying to figure out what's going on with the house, like Mike said, there's just so much that you can miss just naturally. I was spending so much time afraid, like, that I wasn't really paying attention to themes. It, like, watching it a second or third time is necessary. So, I would definitely say like a four out of five. I agree. I'll, but I give it a, a 4.5 out of a five as well. Um, because, again, like what you said, though, Ryan, like, first time watching it, I expected just going into it for the scares. Um, or just seeing yeah. the scares. But then watching this again, and, you know, this is actually, like, my maybe my fourth time watching this movie. And just seeing the themes and just seeing the originality in this. Because, again, a lot of people want more originality and horror. And here you have it. But I don't see too many people talk about this movie, which is, which is pissing me off. Because people's like, I want originality. a building person with some story and some um, deep shit. It's, but they can't right. watch the deep shit. They can't watch the deep shit that still provide awesome fucking um, scares. And exactly crazy moments like this shit was legit scary again like it was scary in many ways and i just wish more people just stopped bullshitting but again i feel like a lot of people's not watching this just because i mean doing that yep um y'all can't see but <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> they felt it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i give it the extra point <laughs> for originality and decent scare uh Black people in front of center directing and, you know, starring. And um, I want more movies like this. Again, it, 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 and like you said, Ryan, it was only an hour and 30 minutes and it told so much in just a short period of time, you know? So I love it. And I actually want to see more about this, uh, a path. I want to know more about it. I want to know more. Like you can do so much more with this night, Witch. so, I want to know more about it, but also don't give me too much just because I don't want them to spoil what, you know, what they gave us, you know? So, yes, I give it a 4.5. That's a good point. There's so many, um, not creatures, but uh, entities in different cultures that we know nothing about, we haven't seen yet, we haven't heard of. So, I mean, this could be a great opportunity for people to, like, jump on that and, like, especially throw things from their culture in there if they're creators. So, like, if you were indigenous, black from anywhere in the diaspora, Latino from anywhere in the diaspora, Asian, like, just throw things from your culture in there. Because we, uh, I mean, I love zombies, but I can only see that but so many times. I I love that you're bringing this up because, like, that was one of the reasons that I ended up getting into Octavia E. Butler in the beginning, because what she was creating felt like fantasy that wasn't Eurocentric. Same things with like creators like Amos Tuchuola from My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. It's like, like genres aren't all Eurocentric. Like it's it's actually completely different. Think about like how there's werewolves, right? But there's also like were hyenas that don't get written about, and that's like that comes from cultures of color. 
and the lore is completely different. It would be refreshing. Like Bobby, uh, Bobby, because clearly, <laughs> but, but Buffy did a, a, a episode on it, right? But they didn't even get as deep into the lore as they could have for obvious reasons. They didn't have much mm-hmm. space to run in, so it makes sense. But like, where hyenas? I want to see more stories like that. Oh yeah, that's why you remind me of Two Blood a little bit when they had like weird panthers and shit in there. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, right. this is a thing. MTV's Teen Wolf has done this too. Like, like they have uh, different. I don't remember what the fuck the creature was. I haven't watched that one, but they have different versions of a where whatever as well on there. Mm-hmm. And you're the first Sweet. person to bring this up to me, by the way, brother Ghoulish. So thank you for that because it's, it's it's interesting because I've only thought of werewolves up until a certain point, and that opens opens shit up to so many other options. But like how you're describing Team Wolf, I like, like, that's what I mean. Like, I still want to see werewolves, but I think it's cool to supplement these type of stories with other cultures by doing like were hyenas or were panthers, mm-hmm. like from True Blood, like you mentioned, Bobby, or wares in general. You know, there's so much, there's so much culture that like we don't get to see in film. And his house did that by bringing in the Apath. Yes. There are some movies on Shudder where, um, especially some Indonesian horror films that are really good. Mm-hmm. That has some good, like original, original, uh, creatures or supernatural shit going on with it. Yeah. Um, I forever say watch queen of black magic. That I is a remake it. of the original. Oh, you finally seen it. I did you like it? it? I did like it. And I was okay. like, get them hoes. Okay. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> queen of black magic is good. And even, um, what is it? Tigers Are Not Afraid by Issa Lopez. Like, that is so fucking good. And I remember watching it for the first time for Horror and Color Twitter watch party on uh, with uh, Girl That's Scary. We was both covering it together on Twitter. And they seen it before, but I haven't. And as we were chatting about it on Twitter, like, that movie broke my heart, but it was so fucking good. It was so good. And that's I want to see more stories like that. Stories that you tell them from your culture that's original that we don't see now. And I want more movies like that to get the spotlight, like you guys been saying. So, uh, yes, more movies like this, please. We want to thank you again for joining us here in the abyss. <laughs> you can catch us here every Monday morning or dark and gloomy night on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major pl- podcasting plat. Why can I not say that word? Podcasting platforms. <laughs> If you like what you hear, if you fucking hate us, go ahead and leave a review and a rating and let us know what you think. Um, Brother Ghoulish, go ahead and give us your socials. You can find me at Brother Ghoulish on all social media. And you can find my podcast, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, Brother Ghoulish's Dragula Breakdown. <laughs> what was that pause? <laughs> Uh, Blurdy Massacre and also the altar tapes, which we didn't talk about earlier, Bobby. Oh, yes. um, Shout out to the you can altar find, tape. Yeah, where we literally review, and Bobby's on there with me, like altar shorts every single week. So you can find all of those podcast things wherever podcasts are played. Uh, please remember to go ahead and follow oh. us on Twitter and Instagram at people underscore scares. You can follow Bobby at at Bobby Torres with a Z, not an S. You can follow me at at Thackery. Stop making me laugh. 
I can never do this straight. At Thackeray Biggs 86 on Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. And Black History Infinity. Yes. Say what? Say what? Say what? You know that I like.